that rousing rendition of the Christmas festival composed by Leroy Anderson and played masterfully by our First Baptist Church and Hammond Baptist High School orchestras concluded with a call to the faithful to come and adore him, the one and only Christ the Lord. With the Christmas season upon us, our attention shifts, shifts to the festivities of the holiday season. Lights, Christmas trees, decorations, food, and presents. When Jesus said it is better to give than to receive, he must have known that that was not referring to the Christmas season. I'm sure it's in the original Greek somewhere. You just have to look far enough to find it. There are few days on the calendar that are wrapped with more anticipation than Christmas Day. Not only for the tradition and the festivities and the presents, but especially because of the celebration of the birth of Christ. So sing, all you people. The Lord Almighty reigns. Sing every creature of God. Come and bless his name, for he is good. He was born to conquer the grave. He's the light of the world. He's the reason for Christmas Day.
Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. We know that Christmas is not all about exchanging presents and having fun. It really is all about a gift. Now, it's not a gift that you'll unwrap on Christmas morning or, or one that you'll have to run to Walmart to buy on Christmas Eve so they have something to unwrap on Christmas morning. Christmas is about a gift that was given 2,000 years ago when God the Father sent His Son Jesus to be born in a manger in a small town called Bethlehem. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Christmas really is all about a gift. The gift of God. A Savior born that we might live. He is the gift. See 
let's stand together, if we can, please. And that last song said, Jesus is the gift. He's the gift. And we find that in probably the most Christmas verse of the Bible, John 3, 16. And today we'll read the word of God responsibly. Please get your Bibles open. If you would please turn to John chapter 3. And Brother Al Perez and his wife Sarah serve the Lord in this ministry with their family. We're very thankful for them one of our deacons, and we're very grateful. He's going to come and lead us in reading the scriptures this morning. John chapter 3, he'll give you the exact verses in just a moment. Uh, John chapter 3 and verse number 3. We'll read the verses responsively. John chapter 3 and verse number 3. The Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound of canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told thee earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is condemned, and he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed. Son Son of God. And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for Sunday, Lord. I thank you for the message, the true message, Lord, of Christmas. Lord, I pray that today you would uh, fill, the, uh, fill your Holy Spirit, Lord, with the pastor. I pray that you would help the crowd to be attentive, Lord. Lord, work in hearts and lives. Lord, if there's anyone here today that's not saved, Lord, let it be the day today where they ask you uh, into their hearts and be saved. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for the prayers. And thank you, church family, and those of you who are here today. What a wonderful blessing it is to celebrate Christmas with you. And I'm excited about every single Sunday of this month. In the Sunday mornings, we're talking about God's gifts to us. Now, they're too numerable for us to divide all of them, but I just want to talk about three of them today. Next Sunday, we may do four, but at least three next Sunday, and then the following Sunday as well. The gifts that God gives to us 
in this lifetime and for eternity. I don't know about you, but I like gifts. I like to receive them, and I like to give them. And the Bible says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. I'm not so sure about that. I'm just joking. So many of the Christmas uh, traditions that we do are rooted in uh, the, 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 the Word of God. And uh, one of those, and of course the most Christmas verse in the Bible, in my opinion, is John 3.16. We just read it together. For God so loved the world that he... Once again, God so loved the world that he... It's the, uh, it's the greatest person in the world, God, so the greatest love, and it's given to us in the greatest gift. And as the song we just heard, the gift is the Lord Jesus Christ. He became sin for us who didn't have any sin of his own, and he offers us the gift of eternal life. I enjoy the Christmas season. I'm sure you do as well. But I want to talk about three gifts that Christmas affords us through the person of Jesus Christ. Number one, I want to speak to you about the gift of his presence. If you have your Bible, you could find in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, the Bible says this, And a virgin would conceive and bear a son. You'll call his name Emmanuel. How many know someone whose name is? Emmanuel. Do you know someone's name that? Some they call him E-man or man. But, uh, but Emmanuel means God with us. The Bible's very clear in Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. God the Father is God. And God the Father is not seen by human eyes. But he can be seen in his son, Jesus. And when Jesus left heaven, God the Son came to the earth, he was God with us. And through the Bible, that is really a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, some of us have God inside of us in his Holy Spirit. Years ago, I was sitting in a church service like this one. I was in this section, but it was a much smaller church. It only had two sections, this section and this one, and then probably the whole church would have fit in this section right here. But I was on the right side, and the preacher began to share with us the plan of salvation. How I could know for sure that when life was over, I'd have eternal life. How I could accept the gift of eternal life. That was a wonderful day for me. It was uncomfortable at the time. I was nervous. I was convicted. I realized very quickly that I was a sinner, that I deserved to go to hell, and that only Jesus could save me. God, that man was preaching. I don't even know the man's name. To this day, I'm not sure who was speaking. I'm not sure everything he was saying. All I knew is that while he was talking on the outside, someone was talking to me on the inside. And he was telling me, John, you're a sinner. You cannot go to heaven on your own. You're either going to go into eternity, John, with your sin or with God's son. The Bible tells us in this passage of Scripture that Brother Perez read to us that he that hath the Son hath life. If you don't have the Son, the wrath of God abideth on you. That means you're going to eternity without God's presence. Probably the most important gift I can think about this morning, it comes to us in the presence of the Lord. 
You know, life is a lonely place. The world is a lonely place when you don't have Christ. It can even be lonely when you have Christ sometimes. But I can't imagine what it would be like to live in this world without the presence of God. One day, this world's going to figure that out. With all the bad things that we have in the world today, one thing we do have still right now is God's presence. For some of us, it's on the inside. After I heard that gospel presentation, I went home that day. I should not have gone home without Christ, but I did. I went and got in her car, and we went home, and I began to contemplate that evening. Boy, it seems like that hours were going by like days, and I was convicted. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that I had not comfortability in saying I knew I was going to heaven. I knew I wasn't going to heaven. I knew that I had ought against God, and God had plenty of dirt on me. He is a holy God, and I was a sinful creature. But that night, about 11.30, I got on my knees beside my bed, and I said, Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell, and I can't earn my way to heaven. I'm asking you to come into my life, to forgive my sin, and to save me. Boy, that was the best day in the life and times of John Wilkerson. But one thing happened is that the God Spirit went from outside of me to inside of me. I now have his presence on the inside of me. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 that whenever we hear God's word and we receive the gospel, that we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. That means the Holy Spirit of God came inside of me. And once he comes inside, he will never leave you. It, you're not a hotel, you're a permanent residence. If you ever go to a hotel, you know one thing, you're going to check out. <laughs> you're not going there to stay, you're going there just to abide for a short time. But when God comes into you, when you accept his gift of eternal life, then he'll never leave you nor forsake you. In the book of Matthew, in the first chapter, it opens up with this statement that he's, God is telling Joseph, the angel is telling Joseph, Jesus is going to be born to your wife. You have to, you, she's not been with any other man, but she had to be born virgin. By the way, is that a big deal? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Here's why. Because Adam and Eve, the first human beings, after ex experiencing a, 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 a flawless, wonderful environment, they still sinned against God. And when Adam sinned, the Bible says death passed upon all men because all have sinned. See, all of us have something in common. We have different pigments of our skin. We have different heights, different body shapes. Some are men, some are ladies. Some are young, some are old, but we all have one thing in common. We have a human father. All of us have a human father, and that's how we got here physically. And because of that human father, you also have a problem with sin. I have, uh, with my lovely wife, Linda, we have nine children. But I never have to teach those kids how to sin. They know how to do it on their own. I never say, okay, listen, today you're five. I'm going to teach you how to lie, and tomorrow we're going to work on losing your temper. No, it comes very natural. It comes very natural to them. They know how to backtalk their mother. They know how to lie. They know how to be deceitful. 
They know how to, to be selfish. You know why? Because they have me in them. And I got my dad in me, and he had his dad in him. We all have Adam in us. But the Bible said that Jesus had to be born without a human father. He had a virgin. A miraculous birth would have to be happening so that he did not have a sin nature. Because if Joseph or any other man would have been Jesus' father, then he would have been a sinner. And many men died by crucifixion by the Roman government. The Roman Empire enjoyed publicly humiliating and torturing those malefactors so other people would not want that to happen to them. But you don't know their names, but you know one name, Jesus Christ. Because what he did on the cross, when he died, he gave you an opportunity to receive a gift. And the gift's eternal life. And when you accept that gift from God, you get his presence. The world's a lonely place without God, but eternity is even more so. One thing we know about heaven, it's where God is. The Bible says when someone has accepted Jesus as their Savior, that when they die, they're absent from their body, but they're instantly present with the Lord. Someone who dies without the presence of God will go into hell and into the lake of fire where God is never going to spend a second. And if there's no God, there's no hope. You say, Pastor, if I go to hell, can I get out of hell? No, because there's no hope. The gift of Christmas is the gift of God's presence. Number two, the gift of Christmas is the gift of God's peace. This world is longing for peace. At that hillside on Judea, I've had the chance to be there with some of our friends here when we went to Israel last December. A year ago, right now, we were in Israel. And we, they took us to the Judean hillside where they raised sheep to be offered at the temple. Shepherds would be there, and they have a little lean-tos that kind of protects you from the rain, and it was cold that day and, and somewhat rainy. So we were glad for that. We were underneath there, and we began singing songs about, uh, about Christmas. And we sang the Christmas carols, and angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains. And they told us, the guide told us that right there, over those hillsides would be many shepherds raising sheep. Now, these sheep were not eaten for mutton or for, for gyros. <laughs> they were made for a sacrifice. And people from out of town would come by and see those shepherds and say, I need to take a lamb to the temple. And they would raise those lambs to be taken, to be sacrificed. But the Bible tells us that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And one night while those shepherds were out there, the Bible tells us that the angels from heaven came and shone a bright light on that hillside. At the birth of Jesus, a bright light shone. At the death of Jesus, midday turned into the darkest night. But there, a bright light shone, and the angels said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, the Bible tells us that, that his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Everlasting God, 
the Father. And then it goes on to say the last name God gives Jesus is the Prince of Peace. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, would you please? I'd like for you to see this. Ephesians chapter 2, in your scriptures, God's gift to us at Christmas is not only his presence, Emmanuel, God with us, and not just for now, but for all eternity, but it is God's peace. Ephesians chapter 2, in verse number 14, I want you to look, if you would please, at verse number 13 first. I'll read 13, you read 14 with me. Are you ready? Ephesians 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of who? Christ. He said, he's talking to me. In my sin, I'm far off. But in Christ, I'm in, I'm, I, I have him as my intercessor. He is my peace. We'll look at verse 14. Read it with me. You're ready. For he is our who hath made both one and the other broken down in the middle wall of the partition between us. He said, there's a big wall between you and God, and it's called sin. He said, Jesus is our peace. He comes in. Where I live, we have, uh, my wife and I have uh, seven sons and two daughters. But if you were to come to my house, and you just walked in the door, I don't know you, but you walked in, but I'm sitting in my living room and I'm looking maybe at my fireplace or I'm sitting there reading a book and all of a sudden you just appear in my living room and sit across the row from me or sit across on the couch from me and say, how you doing? What's your name? I said, what is your name? I said, what are you doing here? Because I just want to come visit you. I said, we're going to have this conversation on our driveway. <laughs> Please exit right now and we'll talk about this outside. I don't know you and you don't know me. I'd have a problem with that. However, if you came in with either one of my seven sons, if you walked in behind my boys and sat across the room with, me, with one of my sons, I would be glad to welcome you. If you came in by yourself, I would reject you. But if you came in with my son, I would accept you. You know, the only way you can have peace with God is you must have his son. If this is me, and you could read the life and times of John Wilkerson here, and you could see my sin, and you could know my thoughts from the last 53 years I've been breathing air, and I have to stand before God by myself, I'm in trouble. There is a huge partition called sin. There is a law that I have broken many times. I haven't always put God number one. I've taken his name in vain. I've given my attention to other idols, whether it be human beings or things. I have not always honored the Lord on his day. I have not always honored my mom and my dad. I have stolen. I have lied. I have had wicked thoughts in my mind. I've coveted other people's things. I stand before God in a lot of trouble. But the night that I accepted Jesus Christ, I received the covering of Jesus Christ. And now I could come to court God with my sin, and I've got a lot of problems there. But I don't come to court God with my, with my sin. I come before him with his son, Jesus. And when he sees me, he says, well, that Wilkerson looks just like my son. Innocent, clean. Has there been a time and a place when you've accepted the gift of eternal life? If you do, then Jesus has become not only your presence, but your peace. 
He's taken, he's taken the sin and said, now you and God are okay because you've accepted my gift. You have not only the presence of God on the inside of you, but you have the peace of God when you stand before God. There's two types of peace in the Bible. One's found in Romans chapter 5. And the, the Bible says, now being justified by faith, we have peace with God. See, when someone accepts Jesus Christ, they have the peace with God. Now he doesn't have anything against you. I don't like going to court. I've been to court a few times. Don't ask me why. That's very nosy of you. Don't think about that. But it's frightening to go to court because you don't know the judge. And each time I've been, I've been a little guilty. I've been a lot guilty. And so I am pleading. I'm talking to a higher judge. Lord, please have mercy on me. I don't know how the court works. I don't know. There's no, there's no one going to represent me there. But you know, when I go to the court of heaven one day, the judge knows all about me. But I have made peace with him through a gift of eternal life. Oh, friend, Christmas means that you can have the gift of presence of God. You can have the gift of the peace of God. And then... I love the gift, and it is the gift of the price of my redemption. See, all of us are sinners, every one of us. The best day of our life, we still think things, we say things, we do things that are not right. And because we have sinned, the price of our sin, the wages of sin is to die. If death means separate, one day all of us are going to die physically, but you don't have to die spiritually. But the Bible says if you have to pay for your own sin, you're going to die. That's why Jesus had to come. Jesus was separated from his heavenly father so you and I wouldn't have to be. That verse in Romans chapter 6, the Bible says this, the wages of sin is to die, to be separated from God eternally. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When Jesus died, he was buried and rose again, did all that was needed to be done so I could be saved, so you could be saved. But we must accept the gift. Well, say, Pastor, I hear that over and over. You say, if I get saved, then I'll have the gift of God's presence. Yes, you will. You'll have the gift of God's peace with God. Yes, you will. And you'll have the gift of the price of sin being paid by someone who loves you. But to take God's gift, you don't take it with your hand. If I had a gift and I want to give it to Brother Moffat, I would just hold it out. He would accept it. It would become his. But you don't, you don't take God's gift with your hands. You take it with your heart. In the book of Romans, in chapter 10, the Bible says, With the heart man believeth. What does he have to believe? He has to believe that the righteousness he needs is the righteousness of Jesus. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. You say, Pastor, how did, you, how did you accept the gift? I told you all ago, I knelt beside my bed, and I said, Dear God, I'm a sinner. I deserve to die and be separated from you forever in the lake of fire. But I believe that you paid for my sin, and on the cross you purchased the gift of eternal life for me. Please come into my life and save me. Those words don't have to be said verbatim, but that needs to happen to everyone. 
a moment of time when you accept God's gift, not with your hands, but with your heart. Say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I need to accept your gift of eternal life. Have you done that? You know, I don't know the date on the calendar when I did that. I should have written it down, but I didn't. I do not know exactly the hour on the clock. It could have been 11. It could have been 1 o'clock in the morning. It was sometime in the late hours of a Sunday night, early Monday morning. But I know what happened to me and who I met that night. When you meet someone important, you usually remember <coughs> where you were. You may not know the time on the clock. You may not know the hour. You may not know the, the day on the calendar. But you know where you were when you meet someone important. And I know where I was when I accepted God's gift of eternal life. Do you know where you were? Say, Pastor, I really can't remember. It's probably because you weren't there. And you need to make that decision this morning. It's Christmas 2020, a crazy year. But God has given us a chance to once again focus on the reason of the season, Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you're not sure, if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. You say, Pastor, I've never, I've never done that. I do not know when it was that I believed and understood the gospel and asked Jesus to save me. This could be the very best day of your entire existence. And it will be, not only for now, but for all of eternity. Because this world is really lonely and eternity is even more lonely without the presence of God. You don't want to stand before God one day without his peace. And Jesus is his peace. And you want to make sure your price has been paid and you've accepted the payment by the gift of God. I want to ask you three things real quickly. To, be, to have eternal life, you must believe, number one, that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. Maybe you're in the balcony, maybe you're on the main floor. Do you believe that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself? That's the first thing you have to believe. All have sinned. Not just, oh, everybody's a sinner. No, you and I are sinners. And we're condemned before a holy God. God's holy and we're not. Number two, the price of our sin is to be separated from God. The wages of sin is death. I spoke of two deaths. One is physical. Tomorrow I'll go to a memorial service for Miss Faye Dotson. And I used to talk to Miss Faye, and many of you did too. Used to be able to call her or go see her, but we can't now. Why? Because she's been separated from her body and from us. And that's going to happen to you, and it's going to happen to me. But the Bible says there's a second death, and that's the lake of fire. You don't have to go there. You're going to die once, and you'll want to die once. If you're 116, you'll want to exit your body. Okay? But you don't have to die the second time. You want to always be with God and God for be with you. You want his eternal presence. But sin complicates that. And that means we need to accept the gift of eternal life. We're sinners. We deserve hell. Jesus paid for our sin. The last thing we need to do, what you need to do, what I need to do, what I did already, what you need to do if you're here today, is you need to believe and receive the gift of eternal life.